Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Ask Ash featuring Jennifer Gray Braswell. You guys are in for a treat as Jen is my really good friend and only college roommate. Only had one college roommate, guys. We met each other at the College of William and Mary in August of 2004. So we've been rocking since then. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear her story of how she opened up the first Black-owned cycling studio in Richmond, Virginia. And she did it within four months. She opened up in September of 2020. You guys are in for a treat. The story is amazing. And let's get started. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, again to season one of Conversations with Ask Ash. And I have my dear, dear, great friend, Jennifer Gray Braswell. We go all the way back to four, uh, yeah. College of William and Mary, DuPont Hall, my one and only roommate. DuPont, my- 322, baby. That's it. That's it. It was live. <laughs> it was all the way live back in those days. You guys are in for a treat because Jennifer has such a powerful story. And uh, you guys are going to get some really great takeaways on what it means to press the button and what it means to really get up and go after what you want in your life. Jen, please tell us who you are. Well, I am Jen, two N's when you spell it out. And I am a recent business owner. So I'm an entrepreneur. I opened Our Cycle Studio, which is a hip hop spin studio in Richmond, Virginia, It is the only Black-owned spin studio in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So I'm uh, very proud of that. Um, I'm also a wife and a mother of two young people. (laughs) Little people shout out. Little people shout out. So Jaden is 12 going on 13 and Lola is two. And then my husband, Nick. So we out here raising two little people and having a business that opened in a pandemic you know, and trying to drink my water and keep my edges and, 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 you know, we're at the age of serums, friend. We're at the age of serums. <laughs> Melanin takes us, but so far we got to moisturize that thing. We so, do. Um, yeah. So that's, that is who I am, you know, in a nutshell, I'm out here trying to have my slice of the pie and, and bring fitness to other, you know, other black people. Cause we've been ignored in the boutique spin space and I'm, I'm busting that wide open. So that's what I'm doing. So we're not going to just glide past the fact that you said, I opened up my own cycling studio, first (laughs) Black-owned in Richmond, Virginia. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? What was the evolution of that? Yeah, so I, so I guess backing up a little bit for the, for the past decade, you know, I've been in senior, you know, executive leadership roles for human resources in various organizations, various industries. And I had made it, you know, I'm putting that in quotes. I thought I had made it, you know, I was a VP for a, a, a global division of a company and making all this money. And then Rona comes through, right? And, and so like many, many people, I was furloughed. And you expect that the furlough will last momentarily. You know, I was furloughed April 16th, thinking that I'd be back to work by June. I was enjoying the break, you know, that first month. I was like, oh, this is lovely because, you know, as a working person, you don't even have to be a working parent, but as a working person in the corporate world with all of your responsibilities and all of those things, you're, you're not probably sleeping well or eating well, you're working, you know? 
That's right. Um, especially those of us who, you know, went to a like you go out there and you become something and you, you do all of this work and you're not taking your PTO and all of that. And so when I was furloughed initially, it was like, oh, I get to take that vacation that I have not been, you know, that I just hadn't taken. And so, and I understand that I'm, I'm saying that from a place of privilege. I do understand that as well. And so for the first month, it was great. And then I started to get a little antsy and I was like, hmm. And I'm realizing with follow-up calls with my company, like, hey, no, like this is, this is the furlough kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed every few weeks. And so I was talking to my husband and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Did I want to start applying to other corporate jobs or like what? And Nick actually said, he said, well, this is your chance to do something completely new or you can keep doing what you've been doing. Like what else? have you wanted to do that you couldn't do before because you were working so much. And when you weren't working, you were momming and wifing and doing all of those things, you know, trying to be a good friend and all that. And I thought about it for a while and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, you know, I don't know what I want to do. And um, that was also during the time where um, George Floyd was murdered and Richmond specifically I mean, there were protests all in the streets, you know, Monument Avenue, which is this whole like shrine of monuments to the Confederacy was completely like either pulled down by protesters or, you know, there was artwork put all over it. Some people call it graffiti or graffiti to me is a is a type of art. And I mean, just put all of these like beautiful murals and different things on all of the all the architecture and the studio that I was a part-time spin instructor for, and I'd been there for, you know, three years, you know, teaching a couple of classes a week. I did not appreciate the response to it. And, you know, I think when you are a Black person in corporate America, you, at this point in the game, we understand not to really expect much, which that doesn't mean that we shouldn't expect that's right. Right. Like that. Absolutely. We should expect, but we know <laughs> that we're not going to get the response that we necessarily want. Right. So I was already furloughed from my job and I was still kind of speaking, teaching spin classes, um, you know, social distance and virtual and all that. Cause yeah, Rona was still happening, but I just, I did not appreciate the, it wasn't a lack of response. There was a response. It was a very clear response and I didn't like it. And That was around the time where Nick said, okay, well, what do you want to do? And I said, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm tired of not my music being fine, the artistry being fine. But when it comes to the person who made it, when it comes to, you know, we're in class and I'm, I'm, I'm for a good time, the hip hop class for a good time. But then, you know, all of these writers posting all of these things that go against my being you know, the re- the respect of my black body outside of me making music for you or having you do tap backs or whatever, me performing for you um, or showing you a good time. Like you don't care about me. And I was like, I want to I want to have a space where black women specifically black people in general, but black women specifically can come and not feel like they have to do the code switch when they're working out because, you know, we have to do it still. You know, and right. and it shows up in fitness, and so and I'm I feel like I'm going on this like tangent here. It all it will it will all come back. No, um, no. <laughs> leave us there. I know what you mean. Yeah, but it it was I was seeing things in 
in, you know, the spin community and the boutique fitness and probably fitness in general, but it's like those microaggressions show up in so many different places. Like when we're talking about, you know, how the hip hop night has all these extra, you know, parental advisories, if you, you know, if you will, not so much parental, but like, you know, explicit content or whatever, like, you know, be mindful or like certain songs, they still wouldn't be okay with being played. Or, you know, when you go into the restroom, they have all of these like toiletries and things like that. And all of the hair ties are light, light brown, almost blonde. You know, all of the bobby pins are light, light brown. Or, you know, the size clothing is not something that people with curves can wear. Um, Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's more than just, you know, I think when you think of spin, you think of skinny white women. That's automatically what a lot of people think of. And I knew that people would come if they saw themselves or if at the bare minimum, they felt welcome. And how do you feel welcome when all of the instructors look a certain way and everybody uses music that you probably don't typically listen to? I just wanted to have something different. And so I said, well, I'll, I want to do that. I want to open a spin studio. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I didn't know what the logistics meant. Like, I don't know what I had to do, but I decided in that moment, I said, I want to have a spin studio. I want to do it this particular way. And Nick was like, all right, let's do it. And so we had that conversation in May. We opened in September. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> that was like, fast that was like a bullet train like that was may and then it was september and then it was september we opened september 12th i want to say nick and i had that conversation maybe the last week of may like it was the end of may wow and then i spent all summer getting it together and of course with COVID, you know there's some logistic things that you know you got to be mad like there was a delay on like the commercial bikes and things like that because of production and stuff like that but you know by the grace of god we i mean we found space almost immediately. And it was very serendipitous, almost the way that we found it. So we got space rather quickly. The space wouldn't be vacated until August. And I'm like, well, that's fine. Cause I can't get the bikes until the end of August. And the person was moving out of the space that we're currently in because coronavirus and they weren't able to, you know, maintain, unfortunately. And so, and then I got it, you know, I was able to, I, I don't believe in burning bridges and I don't believe in because you never know when you have to go back, you know? And so I, like the bike company that I went through, I gave them a call and um, I told them what I was trying to do. And I told them, I said, well, listen, you know, I'm already an instructor. I've been instructor for three years, but I want to open my own space or whatever. They said, oh, well, where do you instruct? And I don't talk about where I used to instruct. It's not hard to find out where it was, but that's not, I don't feel like it's relevant, right? Sure. And so, but I told them, I said, well, I worked at this place. I said, oh, we love them. We'll give you their discount. Well, praise God. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, and that discount knocked off maybe $15,000 for the bikes. Oh, wow. Knocked off $15,000. They were still expensive now. (laughs) They were still expensive. Let's not pretend. But, you know, we we got the bikes and we had the space and we started doing pop up classes outdoors. And people loved it. I started sending, you know, emails. I had a whole email list 
and people really enjoyed getting the weekly like update, like this is what we're building this week and what this is what we're doing and be a part of it. And people really took to it. And I'm very proud to say that at this point, the time that we're recording this, we've been in business since September. We're here in December. Um, so in those couple of months, we've had 786 people. Seven hundred. I'm not even kidding with you. We've had 786 separate individuals who have come to at least one class. Out of that, only only 300. Oh wait, what was it? Because I looked at this before the class. Only 310 have only come to one class. Wow. So come on, data points. Come on, data points. Come, come on, come on. And so that's the thing about business. You have to know your data. You know, I, you have to look to see what classes are full, which ones aren't, which, you know, what is it that you need to do? Why, why didn't those 300, I think it was 310, why haven't those 310 people come back? And when I look back, I analyzed those people, a lot of them were visiting from out of town. So they don't live here. So they, they heard about us and they were stopping through 804 and they decided to come through. And then, you know, we did reach out send like an email blast, like, Hey, we miss you. Like, why aren't you back or whatever? And some people responded saying, you know, hey, you know, it was black owned. I wanted to support, but girl, that's not my thing. You know, I, well, for whatever reason or, you know, whatever it was. And then there were some people that there was just like, you know what? I just got busy and things just got crazy. But because you resp- reached back out to me, I'll be back. And so it's, you know, there's that customer service piece where you just can't, you know, you got to, you got to know your numbers. You got to figure out what's working and what's not, what's not working. Um, some people said we didn't come back because we felt like it was a little too intense. Well, guess what? We got beginner classes now. Boom, HC Light. And so, and those get, I mean, they get, all the classes get filled up really quickly, but HC Light is the 45 minute intro class, basically. It's just not as intense. Um, It's 15 minutes less than the full length class. And it's really made for people who are brand new to cardio or brand new to spin. Um, And I mean, they love it. They love it. And so, again, like listening to your customers and figuring out what it is they need from you and doing it. And then as a business owner, for me, I have to remind myself, like when you're an instructor, you're, you are in like competition with other instructors, right? You want your class to be full. Top notch. Top, top notch. Absolutely. And there were several people who followed me from the other studio and who came, but the majority of my people are brand new. They are people who found us through our marketing efforts or from you know, people being referred. Um, I'm super proud that I did not know them before, you know, because sometimes it's like, oh, you know, people get confused and think that your friends and your family, that they're your target audience. They're not. Your friends and your family are not required to support your business. We would love them to. And yeah, I, I right. definitely, I've definitely had friends who have come to class because it's my studio. But when I say the vast majority of people are people that I've met just because they saw what we were doing and they liked it and they came like, I'm very proud of that. So I'm just, I'm just really proud of the way that things have unfolded so far. Still early in, still have a lot of things that are coming down the pipeline that we're really excited to announce soon. But yeah, that's what we, that's what we did. We set out to do it and we were able to use what I learned from other studios and from other businesses, how they were forced to pivot literally last minute because of the Rona. And I've just built that into my business plan up front. So moving forward, we will always have X, Y, Z thing that maybe other boutiques didn't have, but because of the Rona, they do like now, which is built into the plan. So, wow. 
So there's, I mean, there's a couple of things that I, I need you to break down for me in terms of the moment where, okay, you're building it and mm-hmm. nobody knows about it. Right. But did you ever feel like, okay, like I'm doing this, like, how's this going to go? Like, what did I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as you're, as you're building these pieces and nobody knows about it, what were some of the, what were some of the, the, some of the experiences that you were feeling like as you were building this? Yeah, I, um, so one, you know, it can't just be, I'm going to do it and go, right? Of course, there's, after I decided that I think this is what I want to do, or I know this is what I want to do, you have to do your market research. You know, you have to, you got to do your SWOT analysis and figure out like what the competition is doing, who's out there, what's the right, where's the right place to open. And I definitely, I always knew that just because my target audience hadn't been targeted before, that um, like other places, there, there are three other studios in the area. We're the fourth. The locations are so spread out that even amongst those three existing, there's not a lot of like cannibalism. You know, they all do perfectly fine with right. who they target, right? None of them target Black people. None of them target Black women. I look around, I run into Black women every day. We work out. Okay, we work out. We do, we we do sure work do. out. There's that whole stereotype that Black women not working out. No, we're working out. We're just not, we're just not. And we also teach, we instruct. Not many of us, but you know, we do teach, we do instruct. You just don't see us on the Instagram. You don't see us on the websites. You don't see us in the commercials. Why? Because people want to see who they're targeting and they're not targeting us. And so um, I knew that the moment we knew that there was a Black woman-owned studio, that even if we'd never spun before and never wanted to, that we would try it at least once to show support. And I knew that if you came to a class of mine or one of my instructors, if you came to the studio, that you would want to come back. I knew it. And I, I knew that because when I was introduced to spin classes, the person whose class I went to, she was a Black woman. She had so many curves. She had locks. She had, she talked like she talked before class, just on the mic. She was you know, down to earth homegirl. And I'm like, I, and she played the music I wanted to hear. And so she showed me it could look different. It didn't have to be a whole bunch of pop music and, and straight EDM. Like it could be like hip hop. It could be reggae. It could be whatever you can spin to whatever. And, um, and it got me coming back. And it had other Black women in that class coming back. And because of that, we tried out other instructors at that studio and we didn't like it. So, you know, we kept going to her class. And so I'm like, if we could have a studio of just classes like this, like, I, I mean, it would be a game changer. And so, um, so yes, I, I did feel like, oh, like, will, will people get it? Will people want to come? But I think that's one of those beliefs or one of those limiting thoughts that you have. And instead of holding on to it, like, well, let me not do it. I took that and I tried to figure out how to foolproof it. Like if I'm, if I'm concerned that people won't come, what is it that I can do on the front end to generate interest? If I'm concerned people won't come, then what is it that I can do once I have them on my email list to keep coming back? Like how can I make sure my open rate is high? And what did I do? Like I put a bunch of gifts in the email. Like I, I really allow myself to be authentic and the brand voice of our cycle is my voice. Mm. 
It's my voice. It's not me trying to be somebody else. Like there, if you look at my Instagram right now, if you, if you read the opening line on my website right now, you know, this is a little different because I'm talking to who I'm talking to and they hear me. You know what I'm saying? So like when we have themes, like we, one of my favorite theme, theme rhymes that we did so far was the homecoming. Homecoming Battle of the Bands. Homecoming Battle of the Bands. It was, I mean, the picture that we had on Instagram was like a drumline picture or whatever. And it was so funny. Like all the Black people understood that we were talking about like HBCU style marching bands, right? So all the songs that you would hear at the tailgate, at the game, all of that. And it was so funny, like, and we definitely have white writers, but they messaged me and they're like, oh my gosh, Jen, like Led Zeppelin, like what are we... What bands? And I'm like, girl, no, that's right. not, not that's no. not it. And they came and they got their whole life and they, you know, they had a good time. It remind, it really reminded me remember back in school when we played Norfolk State that one year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there was some, was R- remember there were some RAs. I'm not going to say names. I don't know who listens or who doesn't. But listen, I remember there was a particular black RA who for his hall program, had them watch Drumline so they understood yes, what Norfolk State was going to bring and why all the Black students were super excited about the band. I remember. I, yeah. And so it's it's funny. And so it's, I enjoy um, the way I'm able, the way that I knew people would connect with us is by being what I wanted to hear and showing what I wanted to see when I was trying to figure out, you know, what kind of, I don't know, fitness, what did I want to do? Um, and so I just talk to people how I want people to talk to me. And that works for the people I'm targeting. It may not work for everybody, but it works. It works for the people who, who come and that's, what's important. Cause if you don't like it, Hey, you got other options. <laughs> you don't Absolutely. have to come here. Everybody Absolutely. is not my customer. That's right. And one of the things I think I believe is so unique about the way our cycle promotes, but it's like in the Instagram stories and everyone has to go follow our cycle and we'll have everything in the show notes. But when I live for the stories, because <laughs> it's not it's not just uh, just cycling because I've been to cycling classes. Yeah, this is an experience. Yeah. And I believe and I want you to talk a little bit more about what it means to create an experience for your clients and for the, your customers that are coming in, because the themes and the way that you guys are so hype, <laughs> uh, it leaves me like. You know, I really need to do. I really need to drive down and do a pop up. I, right, I need you to come to class, Julie. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really got to do. But t- talk to the people about that, about what it means to have an experience. Yeah, so the it, you're right. It is a hundred percent experience based because I think of it this way: you can you can take a spin class wherever. You can go to your big box gym and pay ten, eleven dollars a month and take their class that they have. You can do that. You don't have to pay twenty bucks for a drop in. And I know depending on where listeners are listening from, that may sound inexpensive, like based where you are. But like here where I am, it, I guess it is kind of inexpensive. You know, you can have a drop in that's anywhere from 25 to uh, I think 25 to 30 bucks here in Richmond. And my drop in is 20. And so um, but that is still expensive for people who aren't used to boutique spin. You know, that that price point is fine. You know, but when you are introducing people to something that's brand new, I, I know that there are people who are like, why the hell am I paying $20 to go ride a bike? You're not paying $20 to ride a bike. That's not what you're doing. 
what you're paying for is everything that comes with it. It is the ability to feel like you don't have to switch up who you are to come work out. If it's time for your braids to come out, girlfriend, and you took them out and you got that little headband on, <laughs> yes, that's fine. Come on. We, if, if it's, if it's, hey, you know, some studios are afraid to play WAP because whatever, but we love Cardi at our cycle and we play WAP. We don't play wet and gushy. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's coming in and seeing black art on the wall by local black artists who painted it. We have a huge uh, painting of Missy Elliott. We have paintings of Cardi. We have paintings of Meg Thee Stallion and Nicki Minaj and Lil' Kim. Uh, We have some other ones that are going to be going up on the new year and things are expensive. So, you know, we just got to pace that. But (laughs) (laughs) we got to pace it. So, and it's it's also, you know, the experience of the actual ride. So yes, you're going to have great music. So anything from hip hop to so good to reggae, to go-go, to bounce, to to trap Afrobeats. I mean, we're playing a wide range of melanated music that we want to ride and work out to. Um, there's a whole like lighting system and, you know, we're, we're cueing you based on like the lights. You know, there's a, it's an experience of feeling like you're working out with your girlfriends. So you can come without, coming with a friend and feel like, all right, we're all partying together. It's the closest thing you're about to get to a club with the Rona going on. Like, I mean, it really is. The music is blasting. And then for those folks who are uncomfortable working out indoors, we do have outdoors on Saturdays and Sundays. And so, you know, you, you come outside, it's almost like a tailgate. you got your, your big old speaker blasting. You know, there's merch out there. There's people walking around like being super hyped. You know, you don't have to have done this before to come in and enjoy yourself. You know, we explain things in a way that it connects with our folks. Like we don't do the corporate speak. Like there's a very corporate spin way that I can explain what a tap back is. Or I can say, all right, think about that girl that does the terrible twerk at the party, how she just throws her butt back and throws it forward. Ain't no up and down bounce. That's a tap back. So this person is great doing a tap back, they may not be good twerking at a party. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all of that. It's the, it's the themes and the way that we describe them. It's the pairing of the artist for a theme. It's, you are getting, you know, playlists curated by people who actually listen to this music, you know, who know the, all the beefs behind, you know, Gucci and Jeezy. Like, you know, it's not, we're not just throwing it up because it's happening in in the culture like you know we know behind behind the scenes like it's it's like i don't know we're all those cousins that you can't wait to wake to like hang out with at the family reunion right like it's a big family reunion every time and it's i mean it's just fun it's fun and it's it's like we all die together on the bike because let's not let's keep it funky like it's not an easy workout i will never lie to anybody and say that this is going to be something super easy because whether you are brand new and it's a challenge because it's new or your experience, you are going to be pushed. You are going to be challenged. Like our instructors aren't playing around. We're there for you to get your workout, but we were conversational. We have a good time while we're doing it. And so when you get to that point in the workout where you're like, Oh, I'm dying. We know we can put Kendrick on or we can put Beyonce on, or we can throw some Jay-Z on, or we can throw some Nas on, or something that, you know, it doesn't matter how you feel. Like, I know this particular beat is going to push you through so you can get to that next, that next 
height. So, I mean, I, I really love it. I haven't found it anywhere else. And I've been to many a studio, not just in Richmond, but up and down like the East Coast. And I do agree with you. You know, it's even even it's even in, you know, the social media presence. It's it just feels real. Like, you know, there's a real person that's talking to you in the DMs. I open people to come to the DMs. Like it's, it's fine. There's a lot of, no DMs, no messages. No, message me. You know, if you see something, you got a question, send the message. You know, we were talking about the the stories. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not just about the, the spin class. You know, there's a whole community that we're building here. We're supporting one another. You know, if you make jewelry and you're one of my writers and you got a jewelry sale or something going on, I will post it. Like I want, I want us to continue to be exposed to one another. And I think that's really where, you know, our core values, like the experience and like our core values come in. So, you know, we have four core values. So like the first number one, straight out the gate, unapologetically black. Right. That's, I mean, that's just what it is. That's it. Like we're rooted in the black experience, you know, we celebrate not just the music, but the art, the language, the culture, all of that. Like it's us. And we're black owned, but we're not black only. Right. So we have other people who come in, but the people who come in, you know that they are those voices that are going to amplify ours. And that's that just kind of is what it is. And so then our second one is, you know, we got you. And so that's us riding with one another and riding for one another in the studio and outside. So we really want we have a lot of friendships that are formed from people coming to the same classes over and over. And then I'll see on Instagram, like they hanging out. I'm like, Oh, I didn't know y'all were friends. Oh no, we met in class. I'm like, Oh, Oh, well, wear your mask girl. Like, you know what? (laughs) Carry on, carry on, carry on. Yeah. You know, like, so we move forward together. And so that's what we're talking about. Like figuring out ways to acknowledge the other 23 hours in a day. Cause we would be foolish and we'd be remiss to say, you come to our cycle and all of your problems fade away and forget about the, you know, the, the hazards of life and the world and how black people are treated. And like, no, you can't do that. But for that hour, we can come together and understand we're all on the same side. Right. And then with the other 23 hours, again, like if it's just us providing a laugh or something through the story, or if it's, you know, feeling comfortable enough to text me to say, Hey, look, Jen, this is what's going on blah, blah, blah. Like I've had people that do that. Like they feel comfortable to say, to tell me what's happening and whether that's related to the class or not. And I'm like, wow, like we're creating safe spaces. You know, we have one of my instructors um, runs a lot um, and did like a half marathon. And so we have other folks who started running with her, people who never thought to run before. And because they enjoy going to her class, they wanted to know her as a person. And she's like, Hey, why don't you come run with me? And so now they run pretty consistently. And then like the last one is just, I think super important is to stay real. And that's us embracing our own personal authenticity and creating a space for our writers to do the same. So for me, I think it's important that we don't have all instructors that are clones of me and the way that I instruct, you know, I instruct how I instruct and this person does how they do it. It doesn't matter who's, everybody's going to want something a little bit different. Everybody has their own style and I want people to feel comfortable being themselves. And so when writers come in, I want you to feel comfortable being yourself. I don't want you to feel like you have to come in and be somewhere else or feel like you can't make eye contact with anybody. Let me just go to my bike. Let me get my workout. And then let me just leave. Cause I, I think that that's, we've done you a disservice. 
if you've come in and you've not felt any connection with anybody. So, so yeah, I, I think the experience is what makes the studio because you can, you can do this anywhere. You, and I tell people at the end of every class, you could literally be anywhere doing anything else, but you chose to come here. And for that, I appreciate you. And I hope that you come back. That's it. Connection, community, and experience. But one of the things that I've often, I I just think it's so cool to see, it's the, it's not just like the skill of, uh, of someone being an instructor. Yeah. But it seems like you, you and your team are really focused in on like, how do I become a better instructor Mm -hmm. in terms of how I'm delivering this experience? How important was it for you as you were you know, tra- as you've trained and, you know, you are an instructor, how mm-hmm. important is that journey and process of like learning all you can, you yeah. know what I'm saying, to really deliver that? Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head just at the beginning saying that it's a skill. It is absolutely a skill to instruct a class. I mean, we're going through, I'm training two additional people right now. And we spent the, the first session, like 45 minutes of the first session talking about warm up. And all of the different things that you have to be mindful of. And they had been writers for for a minute. And um, they were like, Jen, I had no idea that you did all of this, that you had to pay attention to all of this, that you're mindful of all of this. Because the thing about being an instructor is that it's not about you. Just like this thing about being a business owner is this business is not about me. Like if right. I wanted to, if I wanted to, I wanted to live outside of me, you know, it has to. Um, and I think that as as black entrepreneurs, we do ourselves such a disservice of, you know, if, if the owner dies, so does the business or if the owner can't perform the thing or produce the product, then there there's no business. What's the succession? What does it look like? And so I never wanted to be a studio of, of one. You know, I knew that I wanted multiple people because eventually, you know, maybe I don't maybe I don't want to instruct all the time, you know? And so when I was thinking about, well, who are the people that I want to tap to be instructors? I had to think about people who I knew would live the brand, um, who would live those core values, who would bring people in and treat them the way that I would want those people to be treated. And who ultimately, when I have an instructor, I want to feel comfortable knowing that like that first time writer, when they come in, I know they're going to have a good experience you know? And so as I'm training people and we, we, there's constant education, like we still go to other spin classes, like we'll go to other spin studios and, you know, we will look online at the different virtual classes that other people offer. Um, You know, we'll look at Instagram because I mean, there's a whole subculture of like spin classes and things. And you see how different people are queuing things and different combinations you may not have considered before, but it's important to stay fresh. Um, but it's also important not to duplicate what other people are doing. Really take take what works and and fit it into what you're doing and and um and think about how your writers are going to react. Because when you have a class, you're gonna have experienced people and you're gonna have people who are novice and you're gonna have those folks who are in between, and you have to serve everybody in that time frame. And so it's important to have like different variations of movements. Um, if you see that people don't get the choreography, you got to be able to pivot and do something else. You want new people to feel challenged enough, but encouraged to come back. And you want experienced people 
to get their whole life and not feel like, oh, I wasted my time doing this and come back. So yeah, it's important for us to keep our skills up. And I, I you know, I take other, I take other classes of, of the instructors and I'm mindful that when I give feedback that I have to think, okay, is this a Jen personal thing that Jen wouldn't do in class, but it's fine. Right. Or is this something that's going to do a disservice to the, to the writer? If it's not doing a disservice to the writer, it's just a different style. I'll leave it alone. But if I see that we're, we've done a disservice to the writer, then that's the feedback that I give. Um, and I, and I, I welcome that from, from other instructors too. Like I get more nervous when I have other instructors in class than when I have, because <laughs> instructors know, like you can't turn it off. Like that's right. You're always an instructor. Either I'm instruct, I'm an instructor and I'm instructing or I'm an instructor and I'm taking your class and I'm still looking at everything else. And so, um, so it's very important to keep the skills up and that goes into the experience too. Like nobody wants to have the same class. You have the same pattern. Like if, if the riders come to, oh, no, I know, well, next we're going to do this and next we're going to do that, then that that's not good for the experience. You want to have that sense of surprise, too. So I like that a lot. And uh, let's let's look into 2021 in the future. Um, what's next? It's the next chapter. I mean, you know, you got our cycles off to a, like a blazing start. Blazing. blazing. What do you what do you see for the whole for the hour cycle community like what do you all see in 2021 yeah so in 2021 we'll be launching our ride from home platform um, our, our on-demand classes you don't need that other company because the bikes are expensive but um but no um but yes we are going to be offering a ride from home option um right now and this was also important to do some beta testing we didn't really talk about that but before you just go out launching random stuff, you got to really make sure that that's what people want. And so we're going live um, over the next couple of weeks, some of the high profile classes and the really cool themes that we have and, you know, encouraging people to join us and for free for now. Anyway, <laughs> you know, join the Instagram live, take the class, see what you think of it. And then um, come the new year, we are going to move into a subscription base where you can ride from home and you'll have a platform where you can pick different classes of different of varying lengths. So these won't all be 60 minute classes. I just I don't find it realistic to believe someone has 60 minutes at home to take the class, because when you're at home, even though you feel like you do, there's always something going on, the dog or the kids or I don't know. I don't know. I think it's more realistic to offer a range. So anything from 30 to 60 minutes um, worth of classes is what we'll have and people can log on. So we have that. Um, we're also um, looking at additional space. Oh, 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 oh. So we're looking at additional space. Wow. So I'm really excited about that. Um, there are a lot of specific things that I need in a, in a space. And so it's taken a little bit longer than I thought it would be to find that space. But I think we have, I think we figured out how we're going to do this. So that's coming a lot more partnerships, um, a lot more local partnerships, um, a lot of uh, fitness collaborations with some other um, black owned businesses in, in the area. Um, we have some things on the schedule and some things we're still getting worked out. So yeah. And I'm I'm really excited to continue to grow the business and um and see like where this where this goes because it the future looks extremely extremely bright. 
And we're bringing on some more instructors. So I'm excited about that. We're going to expand out our HC Lite, which is, like I mentioned, our beginner class. I'm going to extend those offerings. Um, so we'll have more of those available as we get more instructors. Um, so, yeah, we got a lot of stuff. I mean, our, our cycle's taking off in look, look, I mean, I'm thoroughly excited. But one of the things that's, you know, I, I'm thinking about, you know, people who are hearing your story and they have some idea in their head about how they're going to make that first step. Mm-hmm. I want, I just want you to talk to the people about encouraging them to just go after it because you went after it with intention. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to, yeah, I want you to touch on that. So it's funny. So I will give the same advice that I give people who DM me saying, Hey, I want to try spin, but I'm scared. And I never know what to do with that. Like, I don't know if they're saying that to me so I can convince them like, but try it. It'll be fine. It's, I don't care if you're scared. I'm scared. Do it anyway. Yeah. So what? But the thing is, don't get caught. It's fine to be nervous. It's fine to be scared. But think about like going back earlier in the conversation where I said, yeah, I was concerned that maybe people wouldn't come or people wouldn't care. But instead of letting that fuel me and that means I didn't do anything, I took that and I had, how do I foolproof it? How do I make sure people come? So if you're ready to start whatever your thing is, whatever you're nervous about, Take that and action plan around it. So if you're nervous that I can't get the funding, well, let's put an exhaustive list together as to how we get funding. If we're nervous about, will people like my jewelry? Okay, well, what makes your jewelry different? Or maybe the product itself isn't different, but your story behind it is. I mean, think about the freaking bread aisle. How much bread... (laughs) can there be <laughs> the shelf space so is i mean there's wonder there's sunbeam there's i mean there's the brown bread from cracker barrel or, or wherever the brown or what is it cheesecake factory that's the brown bread yeah, yeah like that's yeah. being sold in public there's so much bread and everybody who wanted to make the new makes the new bread they make the bread anyway so do it anyway there's there's going to be something different about what you whether it's your service or whether it's your product Um, Whatever your idea is, it's unique and you just have to figure out how to bring it to fruition. And I think that there's so many ways to like monetize yourself. You make money based off things that you do. You make money based on things that you know, and you make money based on like those ad hoc products that help you to grow. And so if you're like thinking, well, I can't do anything well what are those things that people come to you for like are you do people always rely are you the person in the the friend group that always like does the the dessert table at all the baby showers somebody should be paying you for that sis okay like they actually should they actually should (laughs) they should be paying you for that you know are you the person that plans the parties right are you the one that always puts together the vacations pre-rona you know if that's you, all right, I think somebody should be paying you for that, bro. Like if it's if it's you're scared because you think people, a lot of people will get caught up thinking, what I do, I love it so much, I do it for free. Okay, well then that's a hobby. That's not a business. You're you're in business for a reason. What is that reason? 
and let's put the people in place that will help you be able to sustain. Take a couple of courses, take a couple of classes, read and do your research. But the first thing is you got to get out of your head that, you know, people won't care or, 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 or people won't pay you for it or whatever. Because last I checked, I think it was Tiffany's. They're selling a tin can made out of sterling silver. And it looks like somebody took, you know, the canned greens and they took the wrapper yeah. off. They're That's selling right. that for a lot of money because people are buying it. So don't be out here feeling like nobody's going to care about your idea when Tiffany's out here selling tin cans and people are paying $500 for it. It's wild. You know, it's your idea. It's yours. And remember that, like, this is the other thing, too. Like, whether you believe in God or if you're one of those universe people or whatever it is, you know, I'm a God girl. And so I feel like when God gives you your vision, he gave it to you. And you need to be careful who you are sharing it with. You know, don't be out here all willy nilly. Oh, I'm about to write a book. And now you got everybody saying, girl, it's going to be hard to write a book. And now you listening to them. Well, God didn't tell them to write the book. He told you to write the book. Go and write the book. Because you got to start at the first page. You got to say something. Put something down. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm, I'm Cut me off, Shuler, because you know I'll just be talking. But I think the other thing, and this has applied to my business too, it does not need to be perfect. It needs to serve your customer. It needs to serve your customer. It does not need to be super bright, super shiny. You know, make sure all of your business principles and all of your systems and all those things are correct on the back end. But, you know, when you're forward facing, make sure that it is serving your customer. And as long as you're serving your customer and you're doing so with integrity and you have your business, you know, protocols and stuff set up on the back end, like you'll be fine. That's it. I mean, mic drop. There you go. Where can people find you and the Hour Cycle community where can people find you so you can find us on instagram so we are at our cycle studio our is h-o-u-r cycle c-y-c-l-e then studio you can also find us on beyonce's internet www.ourcyclestudio.com um we do have a pa- facebook page which is our cycle studio um, and that's that's all the social media that we have right now. But we're extremely, extremely active on Instagram. So we would love to to chat with you there. That's the primary place we are. But definitely check out the website, too. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, this concludes our interview with uh, Jen Gray Braswell. And so we're excited uh, as founder of Our Cycle Studio, what she's building And you guys need to connect with her. We'll have everything in the show notes and we'll definitely be following up with Jen and the whole Hour Cycle squad very soon. And thank you so much for being on Conversations with Ask Ash, season one, The Trailblazers. I'm excited for you and uh, we'll be back next episode. So thank you so much, Jen. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for all that is Ask Ash. I'm super excited for all of this. Very, very proud of you. Very, very oh, proud of you. Oh, thank you so much, friend. Course, thank friend. you so much. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Conversations with Ask Ash. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. I also would love to know, what did you like about this episode? So send me a direct message on Instagram at Ashley Schuler underscore. I'd love to know your thoughts. Until next time, I'll see you at the next episode.